At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Welcome into the program. Follow the money here on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. Mitch Moss along with Matt Humans here on a Tuesday live in downtown Las Vegas. Jonathan Von Tobel on the program in five minutes. How is uh, he betting game number six tonight of the NBA Finals? Before we get into that, uh, you have to love the NBA offseason with the rumors, the speculation, right, of mm-hmm. uh, this guy's going to go here, another guy's going to get traded over here. Well, the rumor came out, it was, uh, I think, late last week or maybe over the weekend that uh, Damian Lillard, evidently, according to this report, has his eyes on the New York Knicks to go there. Um, yeah, Eyes all over the Knicks among trade destinations in the event that he were to be dealt, according to a source. So, uh, <coughs> I'd buy that. Yeah, globally speaking, if he is traded, Damian Lillard's next team would be the Knicks is plus one sixty. Other teams on the list, the Sixers are nine to four, and the Warriors are four to one, the Heat seven to one. I'm telling you right now, if I'm Golden State, if I'm Miami, if I'm the Lakers, whoever on that list because the Knicks appear to be like an obvious target and it would make sense for him to want to go there and vice right. versa. Uh, I would pick up the phone. I would have already and said, here's the kitchen sink. What do you want me to put in it? Because we want Damian Lillard. Here's the house. Here's the house. Yeah. The whole thing, right? I saw there was like this, this, the one trade out there for the Warriors to make it happen. Weissman, Wiggins, two first-round picks this year that they have. Mm-hmm. They're, what, 7 and 14, I think? Mm-hmm. And then like future first-round picks. And I thought to myself... If yes. Portland would actually take that deal, mm-hmm. I would be, I'd have to say, hold on a second. If I'm Golden State, I'd have to put the phone on mute and I'd be laughing all the way to the bank. I'd say, a heartbeat, done, deal, here you go. How many picks do you want? You want Weissman and Wiggins and how many picks? Sure, take them all. We want Lillard back. Yeah, that'd be two picks this year and then, and then the first round pick in 2022, right? For sure. And then if you want to add anything beyond that, I'm okay with it. And the problem with the 2022 pick is it would not be a high pick. It's no. not going to be. It's going to be at the end of the first round. Sure. So you have to think all first round picks are not created equally. Obviously. Right. Uh, Damian Lillard might be my favorite player in the NBA. Right oh, now. really? Okay. If I ask you your favorite player in the NBA, who is it today? Well, I mean, I I've always loved Steph Curry, though. I mean, since he was at Davidson. Sure. And I lived up there in the Bay Area when he played there, so I went to Warriors games and then seen what he turned into. It's tough for me to say anybody but him. I love Lillard, though, too, at the same time. I, I, yeah. Matt, Matt, the idea of seeing them two play together on the same team for a full regular yeah. season? Come on! A couple of years ago, I would have said Kawhi Leonard's my favorite player in the league, but Kawhi's taking a lot of time off now, and he's you know starting to break down yeah, a little sure. bit. Uh, Damian Lillard is the man. Uh, in New York, how big oh, would this oh. guy be? So if, if he wants to be traded, I have no doubt that he, he's thinking about that stage at the Garden in New York. 
That would be a great place for him to go. Absolutely. It would be must-watch television every single night. But if you're Chauncey Billups, the new coach of the Blazers, you're sitting there saying, no way in hell we're trading this guy. Uh, No chance. But he he would be the king of New York within two seconds. That's what it would take. Uh, V-Sin's senior NBA analyst, Jonathan Von Tobel, on the show coming up next. His thoughts on Lillard and do the Bucs finish off the Suns tonight? If so, more importantly, do they cover? This is Brent Musburger, and here is your VSIN action update. Now, here are the latest lines from my guys in the desert. Major League Baseball tonight. The Yankees home in the Bronx, taking on Philadelphia. Aaron Nola against Domingo Herman. Phillies minus a run and a half, plus 127 on the run line. Yankees minus 147 on the money line. Phillies minus 118. Yankees plus 108. Over under at the stadium is at nine. Tampa Bay at Tropicana Field hosting Baltimore. Orioles plus a run and a half, minus 115. The Rays minus 105. Moneyline, Baltimore plus 173. Tampa Bay minus 188 with an over-under of Detroit home to take on Texas. The Tigers plus a run and a half, minus 165. Rangers plus 145 on the money line. Texas plus 100. Detroit minus 110. Football season is almost here, and our experts profile every college team. Advanced. Our rating, best bet, win total, division finishes, and play awards. Each guy only $20 and is free for your subscription to vsin.com slash subscribe. I'll be to zero with your active update. The latest vsin odds at vsin.com. And remember, what it's all about. Time to follow the money with your hosts, Mitch Moss and Polly Howard. Live today from the OddTrader.com studio here at uh, Circa Resort and Casino. Go to OddTrader.com, download the free OddTrader app right now, start winning with up to the second info that you need. Live in-game odds and stats. You can also compare sportsbook sign-up bonuses at OddTrader.com. We will get to Jonathan Von Tobel in one second. Uh, We do have an update on Aaron Rodgers, a small update. This is from Adam Schefter, who tweeted this out a minute ago. This offseason, the Packers offered Aaron Rodgers a two-year contract extension that would have tied him to Green Bay for five more seasons and made him the highest-paid quarterback and player in football. Rodgers declined the offer, proof it's not about the money. I don't think it's about the money. Uh, With Rodgers, it's more about respect, and uh, I think he just wants out. Yeah, I think so, too. I think his run But is, he can't call his shot, and that's the problem. It's not the NBA, uh, as Michael Lombardi yeah. said yesterday. Yep. Uh, JVT joins the program now, VSIN's senior NBA analyst. Uh, Matt, you don't sleep. JVT, I don't think, sleeps either. Good morning, pal. How are you? Good, guys. And I fit, in, I fit in a couple Zs here and there. Unlike Matt, I'll still fit in at night. You know what I mean? So I'll go down for about four hours and be ready for my day. Good to go. <laughs> hey, we were just talking, I don't know if you heard it or not, but we were just talking about Damian Lillard. <clears throat> And, uh, you know, the odds on if he's traded the next team for him. And, you know, the Knicks are the team that's been floated out there now for a couple of days anyway. That, that's the team he has his eyes on. And I said, you got to, these other teams just step up and offer everything that you got. What do you think happens with him here in the offseason? So I, I, I have a smile on my face because we do this with every star every time they want out, right? LeBron wanted to go to New York. I got to take a trip to New York, and we saw a sign. The second we walked out of Penn Station, it said, LeBron, if you were the king, come prove it. Come to New York, right? When uh, Kevin Durant was a free agent, he wanted to go to New York. Uh, and yet, every time a star wants to go to New York, he just never ends up there for some reason. So I just don't know if I buy this for the Knicks. Uh, it, like, look at, for example, if you look at what's under their payroll for 2021, 2022, 
Julius Randle, R.J. Barrett, Obi Toppin, Kevin Nix, and then it's Emmanuel Quickly, Mitchell Robinson, and Norvell Pell. So what are you trading for Damian Lillard to get him there? And once you're there, if you're Damian Lillard, you're competing with Brooklyn when they're fully healthy, with Milwaukee, with Philadelphia. Like, that's the team that you want to go to to win a championship because Portland couldn't do it for you. I just don't know if I buy that that's going to be the case. And I get, like, the argument, right? If you're going to be like, hey, man, it's New York. People will come. Okay, so he's going to trade a year of his career to go compete for the fourth seed in the hopes that a star comes in 2022-2023? I just don't understand it. So I personally, if we're looking at these lists of, of teams, like why not Philadelphia? Ben Simmons, I think, fits with the Portland Trailblazers in terms of a need. You know, I wouldn't punt on Ben Simmons personally, but if we're going to make deals, I think Philadelphia makes the most sense. I know that uh, Kevin O'Connor, I think you and I, Mitch, talked about this, or you and I, you, but it's, uh, floated out the fact that Paul George is his peak, is his value at an all-time high. He's under contract. Do you t- somehow try to flip him for Damian Lillard if you're the Los Angeles Clippers? Like, I think there's just so many other spots that make a little bit more sense than a team like the New York Knicks. All right, the voice of reason. JVT is not buying into the mystique of the Garden. He just never, never has. Have. He just never no. has. He, he didn't didn't grow up like we did with the Knicks. He the, scoffs uh, at the at the back. Mecca. The name. He didn't believe it's the Mecca. No. Uh, he, he I, just, think, uh, I think the Thomas and Mac is more of a Mecca of basketball than, <laughs> than the Madison Square Garden. Hey, good basketball has gone down at the Thomas and Mac. I do. And, and by the way, too, mm-hmm. uh, we should snuff out the fact that uh, Taylor Horton, Tucker, Kyle Kuzma, Alex Caruso, and a sign and trade of Dennis Schroeder not getting Dennis Schre- or not getting Damian Lillard either. I've no. seen that a lot from oh, Lakers no. fans. you got to be kidding me. <laughs> yeah. Let's huh? chill on that one. Yeah, we're going to dump a bunch of garbage on your doorstep, and we'll take Damian Lillard. Uh, I don't think that's the way it's going to work. <laughs> Yeah, I agree with you in one aspect. I, I, I think Willard definitely wants to play for the Knicks. I, I, I wouldn't doubt that. I also think he wouldn't mind playing for the Warriors, the Clippers, and some other mm-hmm. teams on that list. But what what do the Knicks have to trade? Mm. I'm not sure they have enough to, to even get close to making a deal. Like you just yeah. said, I'm not really sure they have the assets uh, to trade for Damian Lillard. And what, how's Chauncey Billups going to deal with this, JVT? Because – if you're the new coach in Portland, you're going to say, no way in hell I'm going to trade this guy, right? Yeah, and, and just think about, right, the roster construction is geared so much toward a guy like Damian Lillard. So if he's gone, all of a sudden you have a bunch of pieces, and sure, they're solid pieces, but like Yusuf Nurkic works well with Damian Lillard. C.J. McCollum is not a number one, right? Like you look across the board with that roster, and, and it just clicks if Damian Lillard's going to be there, but it is a flawed roster, right? They need help defensively. They were 29th in the NBA for, the re- for a reason in defensive efficiency. And we should also be very clear, Damian Lillard was part of that problem. Damian Lillard is not a dynamic defender. And so he needs to kick it a gear if that's going to if they're going to roll this back if Lillard is going to stay in Portland. But I would agree. It's like just again, if you're looking at this, you know, I guess if you're Portland, do you want like a whole bunch of picks back? But you're a team that you know what two years ago was in the Western Conference Finals. So are you in the range of like, yeah, we'll take a whole bunch of draft assets back for Damian Lillard. We'll start the rebuild now because that means you should probably start punting on everybody, right? C.J. McCollum, Yusuf Nurkic, everybody on that roster had values probably out the door. So I think that's why you're seeing Portland trying to hold on to him because outside of what you're going to get back, it's probably a bunch of draft capital, which means that you've got to start the rebuild because a bunch of draft capital ain't helping C.J. McCollum, Yusuf Nurkic, and company win a playoff game. Here, here's Portland's response, right? Mm-hmm. Nick's get him on the phone. Okay, here's what, yeah, you can have Lillard. We will take Julius Randle, R.J. Barrett, and a bunch of draft picks. What do you think? Right. <laughs> it's like, right. Uh, well, I don't think so. Okay. 
And Damian Lillard, it's the uh, it's the Prince of Bel Air meme, right? Where he's just standing, he gets traded, and he's standing in the living yeah. room with nothing, in the, no furniture. Yeah. And he's like, "Well, wait a minute, what happened? Exactly I, right. I traded for this reason." Now, I will say, I think this will make humans happy. The one thing that I think is intriguing, and I don't know if you want to go there because I just don't know how competitive they would be. They'd be a very good playoff team, but if you get Jalen Brown right back at a deal for a Damian Lillard type, like that would be something that would be intriguing and maybe worth it for Portland, right? Because that's a good key young player that you sure. would get back. Uh, on top of other things. Uh, but again, Damian Lillard and Jason Tatum and then whatever else they're going to put around them, it, like that's a top four team in the Eastern Conference, 100%. But again, are you beating Brooklyn? Are you beating Milwaukee? And are you beating Philadelphia? And I just don't know if that's the case. Interesting. 2012 NBA draft. The number yeah. two pick by the Charlotte Bobcats, Michael Kidd Gilchrist. Michael Gilchrist, yeah. From Kentucky. Mitch, how'd that turn out? Not so hot. Not great. Not number great. four pick by the Cavs, Dion Waiters. Ooh. Number five pick, Thomas Robinson by the Kings. Yeah, I remember that. Number six pick, Damian there you to go. the Trailblazers. Ding, ding, ding. Uh, um, let's talk NBA Finals game six. And uh, Mitch talked about, hey, Bucks need to make a move in the offseason to improve the roster. Of course they do. They wouldn't be here if it weren't for the Brooklyn big three going down in the playoffs. Um, but what do you think happens in Game Six? JV got a good Game Five. You said points with the Bucks. Yeah, but they're not Kevin Durant's normal shoes. Like Mitch had that story. We were talking about that that he wears a shoe size one big when he plays NBA games. Like yeah. that's ridiculous. Uh, so when I look at it, humans, I well, I think this is over. Uh, Giannis Antetokounmpo is going to win his first Larry O'Brien Trophy. The, the Bucks are going to win the NBA Finals tonight. And I wrote about this. I kind of alluded to it when they were going back for game five, and I wrote about this for game six. Going to Phoenix, the Bucks were in control. Going back to Milwaukee, the Bucks have figured this out. Because if you look at what they have done up to this point, they have they have adjusted. They have completely adjusted. Mike Budenholzer deserves a ton of credit for changing up the lineup, for saying, you know what, Brooke Lopez, 28, 25 minutes, so that's what you'll average for the next three games. Remember, in game four, he only played 19. He is committed to playing small. But, but the thing is, I always stress, when you're playing small, it's not about eliminating Brooke Lopez. It's putting Pat Connaughton on the floor, who has been phenomenal in this series. He has done a great job for them. Key offensive rebounds, hitting three-point shots. But surrounding Giannis with four guys who can hit a three-point shot has done phenomenal things both for their offense and for their defense. Because if you look at what they've done defensively, one of the things that Chris Paul loves to do, humans, that one five pick and roll is his bread and butter. He likes to get an opposing big out in space. He'll work with them. He'll find his spot. He'll shoot. Well, now you're going from Drew Holiday to Giannis Antetokounmpo. If you want to run a run four pick and roll, you're going from Drew Holiday to P.J. Tucker. There's just so many like just rangy defensive wings that are out there when they're playing small. It has eliminated one of their biggest weapons. And so now you get these games where Devin Booker's going to go nuts and that that's fine, but then nobody else is doing anything, right? Because they get stuck in all these isolation sets where it's Booker just working for 14 seconds on the shot clock. I think the adjustments that the Bucks have made have been absolutely tremendous. And the Suns, they've had three games to figure this out. They've had three games to make adjustments. One of the things that they needed to do, they need to start attacking the rim more. They need to get within four feet of the basket because you get guys in foul trouble when you're talking about some mismatches. If you're getting somebody smaller on you, if you're excuse me, bigger on you, if you're Chris Paul, like a P.J. Tucker type, you should be able to beat them off the bounce, but he doesn't do that. Chris Paul had 64 attempts in the regular season at the rim, you guys. So now you're asking a Tiger to change his stripes and consistently get north-south. The Suns have had their opportunities, and I just don't know if they are constructed mm. to do so. So I, I think the Bucks are going to win this thing. I think we're. I think uh, I was looking right now on the screen uh, where five. I saw some four and a halfs pop up globally last night. 
I would sit back and wait and either go in game and get a cheaper number because remember two things. One, these have been really competitive games, even though the Bucks have figured this thing out. But the other is the Bucks have an offensive rating of under a point per possession in the first quarter in the series. They've been getting off to really slow starts. There's a pretty good shot that you're going to be able to get a better number than five, five and a half that's popping up right now. You know, JBT, that's exactly what Matt and I talked about. If we had to make a bet before the game, we'd probably take the Suns plus five. But the yep. way that we're going to approach it tonight is exactly what you just said. Um, wait, because I think better numbers are going to be available probably right away in this game on the Bucks if that's who you like. Yeah, no, 100%. And like, and this isn't to say the Suns have been terrible, right? Because no, they haven't been. This last game. Right, like this last game, they had an offensive rating of 129. Like they, they have still done what they're supposed to do, but it's the little things, right? You know, so example, when I say that they're supposed to tack off the bounce more, you know, when you're shooting jump shots the way the, the, the Suns do, when it's missed, it is a long rebound, which allows a lot of different people a chance to grab that rebound. The Suns have been terrible in terms of rebounding in this series because one of the things that attacking the glass does is it limits the space, right, in which a rebound can get grabbed. So when the Bucks are attacking within four feet of the basket, well, Giannis Antetokounmpo, Antetokounmpo can grab an offensive board. Pat Connaughton can grab an offensive board. You know, you can get Chris Middleton in the mix as well. But when you're taking long jump shots like the, like the Chris Paul and the Phoenix Suns tend to do, well, now it's a long rebound, which allows anybody to grab it. And the Bucks have absolutely throttled them guys off of live rebounds in transition. If you look at some of the efficiency numbers, 155 is the Bucks' offensive rating in transition off of a live rebound. The best team in offensive efficiency in transition to the regular season was the Jazz at 133. They have been wrecking wow. the Phoenix Suns in terms of just snatching live rebounds out of the air and grabbing them. They have hit. They have grabbed 51.5% of available rebounds in the series. They have an offensive rebounding rate of over 31%. And that's what I say, like, you're asking the Tiger to kind of change its stripes, right? You're asking the team that finished last in rim frequency to take more shots at the rim. You're asking the team that was dead last in transition defense of the regular season to get better in transition defense. And it's just, it's game six of the NBA Finals, right? It's a little too late to kind of change your makeup as a team at this point. Yep. Uh, email here from John Lee. FTM at VEASAN.com is the email. <clears throat> Excuse me, FTM at VEASAN.com. Uh, JVT John says, missing Sarge hasn't been discussed enough. Phoenix missing him when Aiton's on the bench. You agree? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I would completely agree yeah. with that, right? Because now your other lineups, you're just going small. And again, you're just adding more more jump shooters, guys who don't have the physicality to grab rebounds. And he's just another body. Like, he's not going to stop a Giannis Antetokounmpo, but he is physically similar to Giannis, where you can throw him on Giannis and feel just, okay, at least we have something there, right? It's not it's not a Torrey Craig type that gives up a lot of size to him. It's not a Cam Johnson who gives up some bulk to him. Same thing with Mikhail Bridges. Uh, that is 100% accurate. When he went down, I thought that was one of the bigger injuries because this was already a thin team right yep. this wasn't really a deep team with Sarich out there now you're scrambling for minutes at once DeAndre Ayton comes to the bench and I get it, it's the NBA finals guys going to play 40 minutes or so eight minutes makes a lot of difference in a basketball game man all right Jonathan as Mitch likes to call you I do uh let's look at the total tonight 222 uh what are you looking at here off a really efficient offensive game in game five high level shot making what do you think happens tonight so um, I have I wrote about this before the series started, Humans. Uh, I thought this was going to be a series that took more of an overfeel to it, and three out of the two games have gone over the total at this point. Uh, but again, speaking to what we were talking about with the side, it, don't forget that these games are actually really slow. You know, if you go back uh -huh. to Game Five, uh, that that Suns get the Suns had I think 92 possessions according to cleaning the glass, and, and the Bucks had one, uh, but that was a 123 to one or 91 I should say, uh, and that was a 123 119 final. So they were just being insanely efficient. So going back to what we talked about, right? Bucks tend to get off to slow starts, extremely slow paced game. 
you're going to get an opportunity to get a better total than this. The adjustment has been made, right? Game one, the opener was 217. When we went back to Phoenix the other day, it opened up at 218. Those games went over the total, and I still think this is going to be a higher scoring game. But with this adjustment, once you get off to a slower start and Chris Paul's walking the ball up the floor, you get a couple of missed shots, you're going to get a better total than 222. So I would tend to lean over, but I, I want to wait in game and see if I can get something better than 222 because this has been the adjustment. And I think this is probably right on in terms of where it should be. All right, pal, 90 seconds here. Uh, bronze for Team USA, you think? Or is that wishful thinking on my part? <laughs> it's, oh, I just love that the sky was falling after a team pasted together for like three days, lost to actually some legitimately solid you know, competition. They're probably going to win gold. And I'll say this really quickly. I've got Australia 21, Mitch, to win gold. They're their biggest threat, I think, mm. to gold. Australia is absolutely fantastic. They're deep. They got shooters. They play really good defense. I would watch out for Australia. Keep in mind, Spain's good, but Spain's the same team as a 2008 in the gold medal game. That's an old game. I think Australia is going to do some heads here once the knockout. Spain's Gasol brothers who are 40 years old, right? And you, see, you watched the family the other day? He's like, Paul Gasol, a full head right here. He scores. It's insane. Uh, I, bit. I think it's a soccer term. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, but anyway, I did watch a bit of it. Ruby had 20 points, and Spain scored the last eight points to uh, cover the number and get in the back door, right? Oh, they had a they had a three at the end with right. the seconds falling away that actually put them within the number. But the Americans looked good in the yeah. second and third quarters. They they really dominated. They just they had to get used to the physicality of the game. And you kind of saw a light click. And once you know, like a Jason Tatum realized, like, hey, I can actually kind of get rough with this dude as long as I don't like wind up and hit the guy. Like I think this is going to be fine. And then they really started to turn things on once the game went on. I think they're going to be perfectly fine. But yeah, look out for the Boomers. They're going to do a pretty good job with this. KD tournament. and uh, Damian Lillard, pretty good offensive uh, combination. Jeff Sherman of the Westgate Superbook wakes up early, listens to this show. He's on vacation in Santa Barbara. He was listening yesterday. Yeah. He told me that he's got the same bet as JVT, 20 to 1 odds on really? Australia. Yeah. He's still up at uh, still up at William Hill. Last yeah. check a couple of hours it. ago. So yep, Good deal. still go grab that. All right, pal. Enjoy the game tonight. Thanks, guys. Appreciate it. Yep. Good luck as well. Follow him on Twitter. He is at me JVT. I like to call him Jonathan. Uh, we'll give you our in-pocket plays, what we're betting coming up next. to determine the winner of any given college basketball game. Someone gives you 10,000 to 1 on anything. You take it, take it, take it. I'll bet you 20 bucks I can get you gambling before the end of the day. No way. I'll give you 3 to 1 odds. Nope. 5 to 1. Nope. 10 to 1. You're up. All right, it's about that time that we fire up some uh, NFL bets in pocket here. Uh, Defensive Player of the Year bets I made last night. Shop around. You can find these numbers. Devin White, 45 to 1. Tampa Bay Buccaneers linebacker. Fred Warner, Niners linebacker, 90 to 1. Number one rated linebacker at Pro Football Focus last week, and that was with a ton of injuries. I think it'll be even better this year when everybody comes back. Uh, I don't know if this number's still available. Like you said during the break, maybe a book still has it. And hell, I don't even like it anymore as much as I did when I made the bet because of the schedule. But Washington, the football team, 30 to 1 to win the NFC. Um, My offensive rookie of the year bets approaching this like a golf tournament. Davis Mills, quarterback with the Texans, 300 to 1. Michael Carter, running back, Jets, 100 to 1. 
and Trey Sermon. I don't think 60 to 1 is available anymore at any place. That was a really good bat, though. 60 to 1. Yeah, Sermon 60 to 1, and the Las Vegas Raiders under 8 regular season wins, minus 130. I think of all your futures bets to this point, I like that Trey Sermon bet the most. The most? 60 to 1. That's a great number on it. He's going to get a lot of work in that Niners backfield. I think so. Yep. Hell, he has a chance to maybe take over as their number one guy. Like you said, shop around, man. You never know. You can you, you think numbers are gone, and not necessarily. In fact, our buddy Ian in Illinois sent us this from William Hill Sportsbooks in Illinois. You can still get Texas at 30-1 to 1 to win the NCAA basketball championship. Oh, man. You said wow. there's one book in Vegas that has 6-1 to one on Correct. Texas. Correct. 30-1 to one out there in Illinois. In Utah, football to win the Pac-12, 14-1. to one. At most books in Vegas, it's 6-1. to one. Well, let's so shop around, look in different states, and hopefully you can get as many outs Jeez. as possible. Uh, yesterday in pocket for me, two baseball winners. Two Giants plus 120 over the Dodgers and A's even money over the Angels. Good job. I don't see anything in baseball I want to jump on right now. We'll have to uh, look at this a little bit more today. I'll give you a, a few golf plays for the 3M Open at the TPC Twin Cities this week. Mitch, what do you think of Louis Oosthuizen? Is he going to be hungover from uh, the British Open collapse where he had the 54-hole lead and couldn't close? I do think so, yes. He's had a great year, man. 2021, he's got three seconds and a third. He's been tremendous. I would not. I mean, the favorite in this tournament's DJ. And I know Jeff Seeley's going to come on with you tomorrow and say right. that Patrick Reed is the number one player in his model this week. You want to get on that? Play the recording over and over. You, huh? want, you want to bet Patrick no, Reed? No, I'll pass. I want to go with Louie at 15-1. to 1. Tony Finau, this seems like the type of tournament he could win when nobody cares. Uh, he was top 15 at the British. He was third in greens and regulation. And two trips to the Twin Cities, he's got a 23rd and a third place finish. Uh, Ryan Moore at 60-1, to 1, former UNLV player. Off a tie for the tie for second at the John Deere. He took a week off, which sometimes can be a really good thing. And uh, last year in the Twin Cities, tied for 12th. Uh, Ryan Moore is 60 to 1, by the way. Patrick Rogers, former Stanford player, 100 to 1. Recently, 19 under in the Barbasol and 12 under at John Deere. He's playing well, uh, so watch out uh, for him. A lot of these guys fit the profile in, the, uh, in a lot of different stat categories as well. So just small bets on the golf tournament this week. Nothing serious. Not sure if I'm going to bet baseball uh, today. Uh, Mitch, if you're looking for a hot tip to bet on, golf, baseball, NFL futures, Bet Rivers Sportsbook has you covered every day. Go to Bet Rivers app or betrivers.com and find the game you want to bet. Then you tap tips, T I P S. You get instant research for the upcoming matchup. Try it out for baseball, soccer, tennis, golf, a variety of sports. Bet Rivers is your hometown sportsbook. Offer valid in Colorado, Iowa, Illinois, Indiana, Virginia, Michigan, and Pennsylvania. Also, Available at PlaySugarHouse.com in New Jersey, and you must be 21. The Bet Rivers Sportsbook is at BetRivers.com. Hey, I want to mention the uh, VSIN Invitational Golf Tournament, the second annual. Yeah. We're going to have some NFL futures bets, a variety of prizes to give away. It's free to play for VSIN subscribers. Email me at Matt at VSIN.com if you want to be in. I'll check the email today and uh, update the list. We've got a uh, uh, about 35 players, I think, right now. Really? Okay. we got space for 50. 
We always have some late cancellations, too. But it's at Prim Valley Golf Club out right across the Nevada, California state line, the middle of the California desert. Sunday, August 1st. It's a noon shotgun start in a two-player scramble format. If you don't have a teammate, I'll find one for you. That's uh, about five days after the Packers report to training. There you go. Yep. Sunday, August 1st, Prim Valley. Matt at vcin.com is the email. Up next, college football with Brent Musburger, the godfather. Right. Which one of Bama, Clemson, Ohio State, and Oklahoma will miss the playoff? on your lucky pair of Crocs and channel your inner fortune teller because your prediction might just make you $10,000 richer. The Crocs Hoops Draft Prediction Challenge is coming and dare we say free to play on DraftKings.com. If the odds are in your favor, 10 G's could be yours. You can learn more at DraftKings.com slash Crocs. The Godfather, Brent Musburger, joins the program. Now we'll talk some college football and the NFL with Brent here on Follow the Money. Good morning, lad. How are you? Good morning, Mitch. How are you boys doing? Man, football, football's coming. <laughs> right around the corner. Can't wait for it. Uh, we'll do NFL in the next segment, some college football here. Matt was working on the uh, VEASAN betting guide late last night, and he's, he's a little frustrated, I think, as a lot of us are. Like, it's probably going to be the same four teams in the mix at the very end for the playoffs. So I, I will ask you... If one of the teams, Oklahoma, Clemson, Ohio State, or Oklahoma, doesn't... What did I say? Yeah. Bama, Clemson, mm-hmm. Ohio State, or Oklahoma doesn't make the playoff, which team will miss, do you think? I think Iowa State could climb into the mix. How's that for a shock? Wow. Okay. <laughs> friends in uh, Ames, Iowa, uh, they've got a couple of studs. I'm Listen, I, bias. I'm a huge, huge fan of Matt Campbell. I know that several NFL franchises have uh, sniffed around names. Uh, his father was a fine, a fine coach back in the day. When when somebody like Matt decides to stay another year, that means he's got players. Okay, that means he thinks he can make some noise this year, and uh, I think they could be the surprise of the college football season and from a betting standpoint. Uh, Matt, as you know. Uh, you know they're they're not a public team, so so you got to watch those numbers when they come out. I, uh, you know, listen, I've got all the respect in the world for uh, what happens down at Oklahoma, and uh, they're going to put a lot of points on the board. Uh, the quarterback could wind up being in the uh, Heisman race all year long, but I, I look to the Cyclones, the Ohio State Buckeyes, strike me as a team that should be favored this year. Listen, everybody gravitates to my Alabama. But they've got so many players he's replacing. I've got the greatest respect in the world. Everybody knows that for Nick Saban. But Steve Sarkeesian, who has gone to Texas, did a heck of a job as the offensive coordinator. And I'm not so sure that they can replace Jones quite that easily. Uh, yeah, plug and go. But sometimes you don't plug and go immediately at that quarterback spot. So, Mitch, to answer your question, I would say that Oklahoma uh, could be the final four team that doesn't make it um 
obviously Clemson's loaded, and uh, they're ready to go. They should they should plow through the ACC. I suppose North Carolina could give them some trouble. Uh, Notre Dame no longer in the conference. We shall see. But uh, you know, it's the same four. I can't wait. Matt, I can't wait for them to expand the playoff field. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> four guys a chance to win this thing. I was going to ask you about that next. No, you think about it, too. Clemson, Ohio State, Alabama all lost a quarterback who was a first-round draft pick. And uh, Oklahoma has actually got the quarterback returning. Brent, the, uh, the news of the 12-team playoff, I think, is something that could revive college football and I think create a lot more interest. What's your view on that, going from four to twelve teams? I know you've got some opinions on the playoff. Oh yeah, I've you know listen, I've long, long been an advocate of expanding the playoffs so that each of the champions of the major conference goes into the playoff. I think it's ridiculous to uh, to eliminate one. Uh, obviously, the Pac-12 eliminated itself with the schedule last year. I was a little bit surprised, Matt. I got to tell you, I was a little bit surprised that they jumped immediately to 12. But if you're going to expand, uh, you might as well go ahead and do it. I've said all along, once the playoffs start, they will expand. Every other league in the world has expanded playoffs going forward. So uh, why not college football? Mm-hmm. And I think I think the little guys should get a chance, okay? Uh, I think the Central Floridas of the world uh, deserve a chance to win their conference and, and go ahead and, and play the big boys. I also like the fact that at least as I saw the structure, I think the first uh, four games are on campuses, and I'm, I'm definitely in favor of that, of playing in, in front of the loyal fans. Yeah, it's definitely going to open up uh, the way you look at the College Football Futures Board too, Mitch, because right now you have fewer than 10 teams I think you would probably consider uh, no. in the futures, but when you expand the playoff to 12, that opens up. Uh, a lot more opportunities and uh, a lot sure. more options about the future. Sure. So that, I think that makes college football futures betting far more intriguing. Uh, put it this way, guys. Uh, yesterday, there was a loyal VEASAN viewer, Joe, from around the college station, uh, station area, who said, I'm thinking about putting a big bet on Texas A&M at 25-1. to 1. Brent, mm-hmm. could you see something like that? Could you see this year Jimbo Fisher and the Aggies making that much noise in the SEC? Uh, yeah. You know, it's interesting because uh, – my sources tell me that, you know, these uh, players now can make public appearances for money. That should have happened a long time ago. Uh, keep an eye on Texas A&M, guys. That, that school is fueled by uh, Eastern Texas oil money, okay? Uh, they've got a lot of cash to help them going forward down there. They're extremely, extremely loyal. Uh, they've got, they've got DeMarvin Leal, my scouts of the Raiders, have mentioned him, a defensive lineman down at Texas A&M. Uh, so that definitely, definitely is a team to watch. And that's not a bad bet at that price. Uh, I can see somebody backing the Aggies. But then again, they've got to beat you-know-who. Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah. <laughs> sitting over there in Tuscaloosa. Yeah, no kidding, and that's not going to be easy. Uh, Brent, how much, uh, how much research have you done on college football at this point? And aside from Iowa State, which I agree with you there, I think Iowa State – Clearly, the number two team in the Big 12 has got a shot to maybe knock off Oklahoma. Any any other teams like Iowa State that you see out there that maybe could be a little bit of a surprise? You know, it's um, it's easy to walk away from Georgia uh, because they haven't won, you know, big games, the biggest of games. Uh, but I will tell you that uh, Georgia has a lot of talent down there. And I guess the question is whether or not JT Daniels can get the job done at 
as the quarterback mm-hmm. uh, down there. So, so we shall see. But I, I would keep an eye. Georgia, you know, has the advantage of being in the other division away from Alabama, and uh, it it is entirely possible that this could be a breakthrough year. So that would be a team that would be a team to watch. And listen, I love what Mac Brown has done at North Carolina. I can't say enough about uh, about what he has done. I honestly did not know that Mac wanted to go back and, and coach again. I think it, you know, hats off to the job that he has done. Mm-hmm. He has done over there. So, but the Buckeyes. The Buckeyes, to me, if I had to pick one team right now to win it all, I would take Ryan Day's uh, Buckeyes. I just, uh, I just happen to think that they're loaded this year in the Big Ten, and I think they can. Uh, hey, ask Jim Harbaugh how hard it is to beat Ohio State. <laughs> no kidding. <laughs> uh, Brent, Brent, hang tight. We'll bring you back for one more segment. We'll talk some NFL. I want to find out if you think some of the teams in the division. Well, you call Raiders games in that division if they're close to the Chiefs. And the pecking order at the top of the AFC can be behind the Chiefs coming up next here with Brent Musburger. For a hot tip to bet on, Bet Rivers Sportsbook has you covered every day. Go to the Bet Rivers app or betrivers.com and find the game you want to bet on. Tap tips and you'll get instant research for the upcoming matchup. Try it out for baseball, soccer, tennis, and a variety of other sports. And to make your experience even more rewarding, Bet Rivers offers the most live streams of major sports, instant payouts, and only one time playthrough. Bet Rivers, your hometown sportsbook. The offer is valid in Colorado, Iowa, Illinois, Indiana, Virginia, Michigan, and Pennsylvania. It's also available at PlaySugarHouse.com in New Jersey, and you must be 21 to play. The godfather, Brent Musburger, remains on the horn with us. We talked a little college football. We'll do some NFL with him now. And Brent, uh, you obviously uh, call games for the Las Vegas Raiders. How close do you think, if at all, some of the teams in the West are to the Chiefs? Or are they still, like, by far and away, the most superior team in that division, and it's still a very, very wide gap? Uh, Mitch, actually, it's still a wide gap. I thought the Chiefs did a remarkable job in rebuilding the offensive line when they got the left tackle, Orlando Brown, mm-hmm. from the Ravens. They they quickly plugged someone to that spot. Everybody knows that the difference in the Super Bowl loss to the Buccaneers was the fact that the Chiefs could not protect Patrick Mahomes. The offensive line was the big difference in that game up against the Buccaneers' defensive front. Now, Jumping to the Raiders, let us not overlook the fact that they should have beaten them twice. If they had a decent defense, they would have swept the Chiefs. They went, they went into Kansas City and put 40 points up on the board. That was the first time that Derek Carr has ever beaten the Chiefs in Kansas City. And then he had them down again with a minute 44 to go on the clock, and the defense collapsed and left Travis Kelsey all alone in the end zone, and the Chiefs were able to pull out the game in Allegiant Stadium. So I still say the Chiefs, they are the cream of the AFC West. And my next question for you boys is, what's the latest on Aaron Rodgers? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, okay. His future is uncertain, Brent. 
his future is uncertain. <laughs> up in the air. So it's up in the air. We don't know. He has yep. uh, a week to report to training camp, July 27th. Yeah, and he's not going uh, to, uh, according to almost everybody. No. So, Brent, what are you hearing about that? You think Rogers is going to be back with the Packers, or what's going to happen here? Is this going to drag into the middle of August? You know, Matt, uh, originally I just said to myself, oh, okay, uh, let's wait until July, and he'll report to the Packers, and life continues. But I'm not so sure. My my friends who know much more about this business than I do say that Aaron Rodgers was just short of spectacular as the host on Jeopardy. And, of course, we do know that he's engaged to a woman from the West Coast, lives in California, and Denver – which would be the likely landing spot if the Packers were to make a trade. And listen, it would cost an arm and a leg and uh, John Elway autograph uh, to get him to move to Denver. There's no doubt about that. But that changes the division dramatically if he were to make that move. Mm-hmm. The difference between the Broncos and the Chiefs is basically that quarterback position. Now, the, the Broncos still have some problems with their offensive line that they have to sort out. There's weapons on that team. Uh, Rodgers would, would find weapons, okay? There's no question about that. He changes the division dramatically. Now, everybody is on the Chargers bandwagon because of Justin Herbert's performance as a rookie last year. I always hesitate a little bit before I jump on a quarterback uh, after his second season. There's no question it was remarkable. Uh, he came back and overtime and, and beat the Raiders in Las Vegas. He was throwing into the end zone on their loss to the Raiders in Los Angeles. A couple of passes were knocked away in the end zone. I have very high regard for them, but there it's a brand new coaching staff. And I want to see if the coordinator who moves over from the Rams to the chargers, if he can handle a brand new division, brand new players will have to, we'll have to wait and see. And of course with the Raiders, the big question now is will the offensive line gel? quickly because they've got to replace, you know, Hudson, Hudson did a remarkable job for them through the years and they traded him to the Cardinals for a third round draft choice. Uh, A lot of it was money when they remade the offensive line. Um, I think that the the criticism of the draft of Leatherwood from Alabama is, is, is over the top. Uh, I think that uh, basically ESPN was critical of it when the, when the pick was made and everybody jumped on the bandwagon. Uh, I'd say not so fast, my friends, uh, that dude is a, is a mountain, and I think he can handle right. I'm not so concerned about that, but with the Raiders, it's the center specifically that I'm concerned about because you've got an untested youngster, Andre James. Now, they did pick up Nick Martin from Houston, and that's a very big pickup because he's an experienced center, and he might have to step in there uh, if James doesn't pan out. It's It's entirely different from practice to a game in the National Football League, so we'll have to wait and see. Ruggs? needs to be a better route runner. Uh, the, the Derek Carr criticism was always overwrought. He's coming off a terrific year. He threw more touchdown passes than, well, Stafford, Kyler Murray. I threw fewer interceptions than either of them. Threw for more yards than either of them. So I, Derek Carr is fine, and he and John Gruden have gotten along. Gruden knows how to move the football, but uh, but we shall see. It's not going to be easy for me to challenge Kansas City in that division. That's a very well-coached. Uh, that's an outstanding franchise. They do a terrific job. But the immediate replacement of the left tackle, I was impressed with how quickly mm-hmm. they got that done. 
I remember a Derek Carr touchdown pass against the Jets. Jackpot, baby. Yes. Yeah, remember that? <laughs> uh, hey, <laughs> Mitch, Mitch Moss has got a bet on the Raiders under eight uh, wins. You can find six and a half at some Weird. spots. Yeah, the numbers are Seven. all over the map. Yeah, that number kind of bounces around on the Raiders, depending on which book you look at now. They uh, obviously play 17 games, nine home games. Brent, what do you forecast for the Raiders as far as a win total right now? Uh, you know, Mitch, uh, at eight, that's a nice number because you can get uh, you get the push on it. I, I've told all my friends, if you find the seven and not the seven and a half to bet the over, uh, I think the fewest wins is eight that, that, that they'll come with. Um, so, But listen, I'm by it. I, I, everybody should know this. When, when you work with a franchise, you pull for the guys and you, and, and you want it to get it done. Uh, the schedule is tough. If you look... The way to analyze the schedule, forget last year's, forget everything about last year, and think about that. Go to the bookmakers over under numbers, okay? Because the bookies, they keep an eye on, on everything that goes on. Add up the over under numbers of everybody you play, okay, in a given season, and that'll give you an idea of who plays a tough schedule. And if you do that with the Raiders, that's a, that's a top five difficult schedule in what they've got, okay? So we shall see. It, they do draw the NFC East. Now, are those teams going to be as bad as they were a year ago? Can you count on the Cowboys with Dak Prescott back uh, being as bad defensively as they were? I have no idea. Washington, are they the cream of that? What are the Eagles going to be like? And uh, how, how about the Giants? I mean, that, that to me is advantage Raiders when they draw that division out of the NFC. And, of course, over in the AFC, uh, it's very tough going. Back-to-back weeks to open the season. You've got to play the Ravens on a Monday night in Las Vegas, and you've got a quick turnaround to travel to Pittsburgh to play the Steelers, another outstanding organization in the NFL. So it's a, it's a tricky start to the season. Any one-and-one one would be a great start for the Raiders. 0-2, and, and you've got the media and everybody jumping up and down and saying they're not going to get it done. Uh, so you watch those first two games when it comes for the Raiders. Okay, that that is going to be critical to the start of this season. Can they go one and one uh, coming into Game Three? And I believe the Dolphins then are coming into Las Vegas for Game Three. They owe the Dolphins one. I mean, that was oh. the most bizarre defeat that any team has suffered in the last few years. Yep. Uh, a couple of minutes left here with Brent Musburger on Follow the Money, Visa, and the Sports Betting Network. So what you're saying about the Chiefs, but other teams, and they are the class of that division for sure, and they're loaded again, but other teams in the AFC have have caught up a little bit anyway. Like the Bills are close overall, I think. The Browns, the Ravens, they're at least, I mean, they can, could they go to Arrowhead if KC gets home field this year, knock them out of the playoffs? Are they that close, do you think? I think it's going to be tough to go to Arrowhead for an AFC championship game uh, in January, Mitch, and beat the Chiefs. I think that the Bills, if the Bills can make a big run, okay, and I think advantage the fact they get the Jets a couple of times. I'm not quite sure about the Patriots. I know they spend a lot of money, but money doesn't always buy you a winning team. I think we know that. Uh, The Dolphins... I'm still not convinced about the leadership overall. I thought they should have made the playoffs last year, and they lost a couple of big games. And we're not too sure about Tua yet. Uh, remember, 
it was Fitzmagic who bailed who bailed the Dolphins out in Las Vegas and several other times uh, during the course of the season. But back to the point, the Bills can make a run in that division, in my opinion. Their best shot at winning the AFC is having the championship game in Buffalo in January. Then I would give them a rock-solid chance. With the Ravens, the question is, can Lamar Jackson mature as a downfield passer? Okay, we listen. They've led the league, I think, two consecutive years now in rushing. He's dynamic, regular season, short turnaround. You've got only a week to get ready. When you get into the playoffs and they're going all out and they're honing in on somebody like Jackson, he did win a playoff game last year, absolutely. But he still has not made that push on into the championship game. Uh, Ben Roethlisberger, dangerous, but, uh, you know, he's on the downside of, of his career. Uh, might be the sleeper over there in the AFC, uh, Baker Mayfield, but it's a tough division, believe me. Even Cincinnati's going to be better this year. Agreed. Brent, thanks for waking up early. Great talking to you. We lo- love having you on the program. You got it, guys. Take care. Okay. Yep, have a good day. Enjoy game number six tonight of the NBA Finals as well. Mitch, you might be an NBA champion tonight. This could be the Bucks' first NBA title since 1971 before you were alive. Uh, I'll believe it when I see it. Good luck tonight. We'll see you.